Friday. I lost my co-pilot. <laughs> there she is. Hi, my internet crashed, but I'm back. <laughs> That's hilarious. We were getting like seconds out and all of a sudden Lisa disappeared. And I was like, oh, well, we're doing this. <laughs> hilarious happy friday everyone thank you for joining us i'm a little silly this morning i don't know what my deal is but i just feel silly maybe i should go do some laps i don't know i don't embrace the silliness embrace the silliness all right people you've probably seen lisa around just in case you don't know who she is this is lisa wallach coming to us from connecticut (laughs) and um lisa just tell us a little bit about yourself hi my name is lisa like she just said um i am currently living in connecticut i grew up here lived in kansas for 20 years that's where i know angie and all of the wonderful people at with unedited life um but now i'm in a new chapter out here in connecticut and um yeah just just doing my thing, I guess, and um, just growing, growing and learning more about myself and who God is. And it's just been a fun and challenging ride. There you go. Well said. Well said. We still miss you. Oh, I know. I miss <laughs> we you still guys. miss you. And we're still like, Jesus, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when, when you like have heart ties with people, it's hard to, to let them go. It's hard to agree with the Lord and, and know that he's got greater intention in their life somewhere else. And the heartstrings just have to stretch the distance and it's working. Yeah. We're still connected. This is working. It's working out just fine. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen. Anyway, all right, we are still in our key holder series, and this week we're talking about the fivefold. And you're just gonna have to connect the dots this morning and see how that fits in with what we're talking about. You know, <laughs> I've talked about it, um, uh, I don't know, twice already, and I feel like I've got nothing left to say. So we're just gonna fit in <laughs> another way, and it will be fine. Okay, yesterday morning, I I got to work early and I decided, you know what, I'm going to throw on some some worship music and, and I have my favorite go-to. Does anybody have like their favorite go-to worship music? Oh my gosh. I mean, like this, this particular album I go to when I just need to get wrecked. Anyone? Anybody have that go to? Okay. Um, and this is, this is Jesus image. And, um, and I just, oh my gosh, like Jesus image is the real deal. These people on a regular basis, they can hardly peel themselves off the floor when they're in the middle of worship. So anyway, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get there. I want to enter in and I want to experience the Lord yesterday morning. And one of the songs on this album is just my all time favorite. It's, I don't even know the name of it, but um, the line in it is, I, I, I saw, I see the Lord seated on his throne and the train of his robe fills the temple. And there is just no, there's no other picture that compares to this. Oh my gosh. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Oh, and Pepper, good morning. Good morning. 
Pepper, your text message made me giggle out loud. <clears throat> I cannot wait to go and read that. Anyway, um, and so anyway, I was like really mulling that line over. I saw the Lord seated on his throne and I wanted to know like where in my life are you enthroned right now? And, and then I got, I got distracted by something and had to go take care of something. And as I walked out of this room, Jesus just very simply said, Angie, I have mastery over all things. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know how you know something, but then he says it again. And it's like new knowledge. Like you can know all you want, but until the Lord says it, <laughs> it's not like established all the way. And so this was just kind of a fun moment for me. And, and he was saying, but you must regard me as king. You have to look at me. You have to see me seated on the throne in order to experience the him having mastery over all things. And that was just such a fun mo moment for me to be reminded of that it doesn't really matter what's going on around me. It could, there could be a train wreck, there could be a tornado, there could, heck, there could be a tsunami in the middle of Kansas. And I, if I have my eyes rightly fixed on Jesus, the King, he has mastery over all things. That is, that, that could be my default if I practice it, that's, that's kind of the key there is that if I practice it now, if I am moved by everything that is going on around me, then um, all those things will have mastery over me. So there is a decision that we have to make. It's like, am I going to give him the space in my life in all of my encounters and in all of my experiences to have mastery over all things? Or am I going to fold under the pressure? Jump in, Lisa. Wow. Yeah. I, I love that. I love what you're sharing about like the Lord saying I have mastery over all things and, and the part about practicing, because that is so true. It's, it's, it is true. The more we do something, the better we get at it and the more naturally it comes to us. And so considering that, like, yeah, at first, like it might, you know, might have to, it's kind of like working that up, like, okay, no reminding yourself. But the more we do it, it will just come naturally. Our eyes will just be fixed on the Lord. But it takes us being intentional right. in that, intentional in in letting him be Lord over all, letting him be master over all. And um, yeah, I actually, uh, there's a psalm here um, that I'd like to share. Um, it's a short one, but it's Psalm 47. And it says, Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to joy with a jubilant cry. For the Lord, the Most High, is awe-inspiring. A great king over the whole earth. He subdues people under us and nations under our feet. He chooses for us our inheritance, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God ascends, God ascends among shouts of joy. The Lord, with the shouts of trumpets, Sing praises to God, sing praise, sing praise to our king, sing praise, sing a song of wisdom for God is king of the whole earth. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the peoples have assembled with the people of God of Abraham for the leaders of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. 
So, yeah, I just love that. And then also, I mean, it says he subdues people under us, under our feet. It doesn't even say his. Come on. Our feet. So, yeah, I just thought that was like so powerful. That is so, so good. He subdues people under our feet. There were a couple different things. Great king overall. This is what we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. He's the great king over all. He really, truly does have mastery over all things. And and that God ascends on our shouts of praise. I I think that we also forget that in in somewhat of our, our mundane activities of like, you know, praise be to God. You know, we kind of flippantly say these things. We kind of flippantly enter into spaces of praise, into spaces of worship and and forget that he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. And this has wrecked me. You all know this, that this, this thought has wrecked me in this season where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is his intention. Like it takes our praise for for us to experience his throne. And why are we not doing this all day long uh, to experience and to encounter the the enthroned one? Oh, my gosh. He's the one enthroned above all things. I mean, it's just awesome. And then the other thing that you said read in there is sing a song of wisdom. OK, where are the songs of wisdom? Anyone? Crickets. We've got crickets. <laughs> <laughs> where are the songs of wisdom i i want i want to hear i want to experience that the songs of wisdom i don't know pepper maybe you can weigh in on that because i know that that worship is is something that you are deeply enthralled in but i i'm like songs of wisdom what's that is that a cricket yeah <laughs> 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 that's awesome so yes um sing a song was that i love that I, I love that so much and and we've got to keep our eyes fixed we need to actually hold one another accountable to this to like are my eyes fit what are my eyes fixed on right now am i am i releasing praise that is honoring to the enthroned one or am I releasing praise that sounds a lot more like grumbling and complaining, which obviously is the worship of hell? <laughs> yeah. No. I, can I add something there? Like, Absolutely. Like, Jump in. When you were saying about, you know, um, like we just flippantly like, you know, oh, praise be to God. Like considering that, you know how you can sing a song and like the words are coming out of your mouth and you're singing it, but there's no actual, you're not invested and what you're saying, you're there's not the energy isn't yeah. there. And how you're often about lunch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to consider like, where is our energy? What are we putting? Are we putting our energy into the grumbling? Are we putting our energy mm-hmm. into what we're seeing? You know, the chaos around us, or are we putting our energy, our full self, into actually praising the Lord, into seeing Him high lifted up? And right. yeah, yeah. And and I don't want us to, I don't want us to misunderstand either. He is high and lifted up. Yeah. This is about us entering into the reality of his loftiness, right? Like we get to partner. He's got, he's, he's set this up so that we can actually partner 
with that to experience, to encounter his holiness, because he is already high and lifted up. God, God seated him above all things, right? We know that the earth is merely his footstool. That right there just blows my mind that the the earth is just a a prop for the the Lord's feet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. And like, it's already established. Like you're saying his throne is already established. It's not something that's going to happen. It's already happened. It's just ours to benefit from entering into that, from, from seeing him there and to be able to ascend, you know, with him where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I want to go back to the part where, um, where Psalm 47 says that the enemies are subdued under our feet and, and this is where I'm going to, to use a segue to kind of point to the ministry of the fivefold, because I think that it's really important that that we understand what our relationship to God's enemies looks like. And, and I had a long conversation with Pepper yesterday about this a little bit, and I can learn a whole lot in one conversation with a friend. Anybody else? Uh, if, if your conversations are pointed in the right direction, you can learn a whole lot in the middle of those, those little conversations. But I was really struck by part of um, Joshua, and this is in Joshua 3, uh, starting in verse 9. It says, Joshua told the Israelites, come closer and listen to the words of Yahweh your God. This is how you will know for sure that the living God is among you. As you advance into the land, he will drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Look, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go before you and prepare a way for you through the Jordan. Now select 12 men from among the the people, one man from each tribe. Now, if Joshua had gone into this mission with, um, with fear, we know that God tells him multiple times, be strong and courageous, right? And that's just in the first chapter. <clears throat> but if he had gone in, even with any kind of sympathy toward the enemies of God, he would not have been able to complete the mission. And I know I am guilty of this. I am so guilty of this. It, it, using sympathy or even empathy and compassion pointed in the wrong direction. We have to agree with God that he really does have enemies and his enemies need to become ours. Now, keeping in mind that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we do need to be fighting against whatever is um, holding people hostage to um, to a, a, a paradigm that is not from the Lord, to a space that is not of the Lord. And, and here's the thing. If you continue to read the whole book of Joshua, it is co- Moses is constantly referenced in this book. Joshua did so because this is what the Lord told Moses. Now, this has everything to do with the fivefold. If we are not watching and learning from those who are going before us, those who are laying down as a bridge for us to get to the advancement, if we are not watching and learning what the Lord is telling them, we are not going to be able to carry out the same mission that the Lord intends to accomplish. He doesn't change his mind. He just doesn't change his mind. Everything that Joshua accomplished, God originally put on Moses to accomplish. We know that Moses and a a, a huge portion of the Israelites were not allowed to pass over into the promised land. 
And so it was put on Joshua and his people to do the work that God actually handed to another man. Are we paying attention to what it is that God is releasing right now so that we are capable of carrying it when we are the one that's been tagged it? Joshua, this, this man spends all of his time outside of Moses's tent when he's meeting with the Lord. This guy knows how to position himself rightly even before he has been commissioned, right? Even before God was like, it's you, you're it. He places himself within proximity, the closest proximity he could get to the Lord himself through Moses's encounters, just so he would be positioned rightly when it was his turn. And look how God used him. And this has everything to do with the fivefold. We have ourselves so busy trying to figure mm. out where am I in this whole spectrum? Where do I land? Where do where where what am I exuding? Am I am I a prophet? Am I an apostle? Am I, and, and I'm not making light of that, but I am saying that we make too much of it. And we need to pay way more attention to the presence, to the encounter that is taking place. See, we become very jealous for our own thing and we forget to enter into what God is already doing. Is this making sense? Yeah. Jump in. That's so good. Um, gosh, my mind was swirling lots when you were just sharing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love like when you're sharing about, um, he was saying like, this is what Moses did. It's I was just saw this like stack of like books and like in my mind and just thinking about like it's kind of like having a manual, you know what I mean? Like we can learn from each other's experiences. And it's like if you go to fix something and you don't have any idea how to do it, but if you have the knowledge and experience of someone else that gave it to you, or even this expert in it, then you can go and do that thing instead of just having to like, you know, I don't know. So I just think that that's so I mean, that's wisdom, like, right. like, and, and then also like what you're saying about, I mean, I've been in that. It's like, who am I? You know, what do I like? And it can actually, it can actually be a huge distraction in all honesty, because yeah. the most important thing is being near the Lord, like letting him mold and shape me to look like him and then allowing those other things, you know, whatever my gifts are, my, you know, to flow from that intimacy right. with the Lord. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just think that that's so good. So good. Yeah. I, and I think that, I mean, look at the wisdom uh, on Joshua's life from a, a young age to, and, and you don't hear about anybody else, you know, trying to sneak in on the tent of meetings. It's Joshua. It's Joshua that's sitting there and trying to glean from the encounter that Moses is having. And it would have taken one moment of jealousy to drive him away from that entryway, you know, one moment of jealousy would have caused him to turn away and attempt to create his own experience with the Lord. And I just wonder how many times are we doing that? How many times are we doing that without even realizing it? Because we are, we are created to be a singular body moving in the same direction, functioning as one. And, and we're not capable of doing that when you've got everybody reaching in the opposite directions that we, we, we actually look like a disaster. 
<laughs> when we're, we're doing that. There's another part of scripture that I want to point to in Joshua that is, it just fascinates me. And, um, and, and this happens because Joshua is following the orders of the Lord to a T and, and he does, he puts on courage. He, and, and I'm, I'm not, again, I'm going to point to the tent of meetings, like him sitting outside of the tent of meetings, uh, because I think that it has everything to do with the courage that he has access to, because the things that God is asking him to do are crazy. Let's just be honest. Most of them, he's asking him to duplicate what Moses has already done, you know, like stopping the, the river so that they can pass through. And, and this is a river at flood stage. And it, it, he, he stops the river and it creates a wall so all the people can, can go pass through and, uh, on dry ground. I mean, come on. That is some serious courage that he had to tap into. And I don't know that he would have had access to it had he not been one who just wanted to be where the presence was. He didn't care if it was about him. He just wanted he just wanted whatever crumbs he could get. And it reminds me of the it was a, a Canaanite woman who's following them around Jesus and, and the disciples around and just like trying to get their attention. And Jesus finally turns to her. And it's like this insulting moment where Jesus is like, and I'm always like, gosh, Jesus be nice because he's like, woman, I haven't come for you. And, and he basically calls her a dog, but she doesn't stop. She will not relent. She knows who he is and she's willing to eat the scraps from the master's table. And that's what we see Joshua doing here. And so he's he's creating all these encounters with the Lord and he's so brave and bold before the people and tells them what to do. And, and when you have a, a change of command, and this is where Vince would probably love to jump on here and have a hundred thousand things to say, but it's not easy to follow the new person. In fact, you, you typically have a huge turnover ask me how I know. And it, so it, it's it's difficult that the people are now having to listen to a new voice when they've been accustomed to, to, to Moses this whole time. And, and then they get across this river. And the first thing they do is eat of the fruit of the land. And for the first time in 40 years, manna does not fall from the sky. So we're not talking about just a change of command. We are talking about a change of atmosphere. Everything is being altered around them and they stay the course because of the courage that this man had access to. And then what happens, I love this part. This is um, uh, verse or chapter five, verse 13. When Joshua was, was near Jericho, he looked up and saw standing in front of him a man holding the drawn sword. Joshua approached him and said, are you on our side or are you with the enemies? He says, neither. I have not come to take sides, but to take charge. Wow. I love it. I am the commander of Yahweh's armies. At once, Joshua threw himself face down to the ground and worshiped. And he said to him, I will do whatever you command, my Lord. The commander of Yahweh's army said to Joshua, remove your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. And Joshua obeyed. Moses had a burning bush, but Joshua had the Lord himself. Wow. Who is sitting outside of the tent of meetings? Come on. If you really want to engage with the fivefold ministry, get where the presence is. Get where the encounter is. Stop being selfish. 
Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> and that's honestly like my heart's cry is that people want to be equipped. And I don't see it. I see moments, glimpses, but mostly people don't want, they don't want a journey. They don't want to be on that road. 40 years, Joshua followed this man around just for the breadcrumbs. Where are these people? Where is that hunger? Yeah. And that's just it, you know, because we were created to be a body. We have to depend on one another. We have to lean in because everything is about what's being handed down to the next generation. And we just, we won't be able to, to capture it if we're not there. And, and I've said this before, but where are the mothers and fathers? You know, I feel like I've spent my entire adult life looking for spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers. Where are they? And I, I suppose if you're looking around going, where are they? You're it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes. Legacy. Yes. Yeah. Jump in, Lisa. What are you thinking? Oh gosh. So many things, but um, I love what you shared about going back to when they crossed over and how it was the, um, hi mom. <laughs> um, it was, you know, the last time the manna fell and how you said how everything shifted, including their diet, like including their diet, like what they were, it was like everything changed, everything changed. And we have to be willing to, to, to submit to that and to submit to when you were saying when there is a change in leadership. Because it's so, so true. Anytime someone new comes in, it's like basically looking back to Egypt and there's comparison and there's resistance. And, and um, yeah, so I just think that's so, so powerful um, and important to, to be one who is in flow with the spirit. So when there is a lead change, it doesn't just like stop the body from moving or even like attack one another attack the body that we will just get in line um and into the flow and to be able to shift when the lead shifts right and whatever however that looks um yeah wow yeah well and another another part i'm glad that you mentioned egypt because this is also huge right because they're, they're spending 40 years in the wilderness because they cannot quite get delivered from egypt right like mm -hmm. egypt's in their head and 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 so god actually instructs him to circumcise all of these these men and uh, because i mean you've got offspring that that have now grown up and and they were never circumcised and and so you know they they do this whole thing and they actually named the place circumcision hill and, 
<laughs> I mean, the whole thing is kind of grotesque, but whatever. But in, um, so we're in chapter five, verse eight, after the circumcision was completed, the whole nation waited in the camp until their wounds had healed. Then Yahweh said to Joshua, today, I have rolled away your disgrace from being slaves in Egypt. Isn't that wild? Wow. For and that reason, the place was is named Gilgal to this day. Your disgrace has been rolled away. And, and it has everything to do with having a circumcised heart. Like, am I one who just wants to encounter the Lord, right? That's what these people are after. And before they even crossed over, Joshua is gathering these people together. And this is what they say to him. And I've said this on here before, but they say to him, Anyone does not follow every instruction coming from your mouth, Joshua, he must die. That is devotion like no other. And so because yeah. of that devotion, these men trusted him to the point where they allowed him to circumcise them. Because <laughs> God actually tells him, get a rock, make a knife. <laughs> wow. And he circumcises all of these men. And, and that's trust. Yep. That is some severe trust right there. And then God on the backside of it says, today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from your lives. And that's what allowed them to advance into new territories. We can't go. We are not going to be able to go until Egypt, the disgrace of Egypt has been rolled away from our lives. And that can, that can sometimes require wounding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that's so, that's just like, <laughs> like trusting the wound, you know, like not, you know, like knowing that that wounding is going to bring freedom and yes. yeah. faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yep. Exactly. Faithful exactly. are the wounds of a friend. And that's true. I mean, like he says it in there, like they're recovering from their wounds. Yep. And then yep. the Lord said, the disgrace of Egypt has been rolled away from you. Yeah. It's we required. Yeah. It is required. And and I think that, you know, honestly, Lisa, I think that that's something that you probably have plenty to say. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but just kind of speak to that a little bit. Um, (laughs) Like in regards to the the wounding, the the faithful wounds, because it's real. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, I don't know where to go. Um, I mean, I think, it does take a trust. Like you have to know, like there's so many things that can happen in one's past where it's like these red flags can get erected. It's like, Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Like this is, are we shy away from the wounding because it was a different kind of wound. And that's why I feel like it's so important to, we have to shift our mind. We have to let, let the wounds of a faithful friend. We have to, we can't and like sharpening. If you think about sharpening, that's something that's, painful like it's it's violent it's not you know like oh you know a day at the spa that's not what it is and so um yeah I just think like for me like hiding and hiding from you know being seen or the shame like those kinds of things that just keep us stuck like we have to be willing to come out in the open we have to be willing to to let others as well like speak into our life and and help um, help. Yeah. Like, because with the faithful wounds, it also draws out the poison. Yeah. That's what, like, it, it's, it's an opening, like how it, that's what took Egypt out of them, but it took the wounding. So yeah. I just think that's, you know, something that I can speak to is, 
is realizing like um, those faithful wounds, that good wounding, it, it, allowed, it was an opening to let, you know, the poison to, to come out as well. And then to allow like regrowth, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so important to, mm -hmm. to um, embrace that, to enter into that and um, to, yeah, to just allow um, just the drawing out of those things but it takes vulnerability it takes trust and it, and it takes um pain to yeah. for freedom to happen i think can can i ask a, a, a personal question sure she she says <laughs> with <laughs> trepidation <laughs> so how how were you able to to um stop hiding from the, honestly, the, the wounding and, and turn and face it. Because I, I think that you, you have out of everybody that I know, you have the most experience in this area where, I mean, I, I even received a message from you one time, like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is real. And you have been faithful to wound me. Um, what was your question? <laughs> what <did> you <laughs> so it, it's really easy to, to want to, to, to get, have a reaction to the wounder, right? Yeah. Who's being like honest about things, the one that's being authentic and transparent about what, what they actually see is going on in someone's life. How do you turn and face that rather than run and hide? Um, it, it, it takes uh, humility, honestly, like it takes really just, and it takes, um, it, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's really a decision. I feel like that's like, it's, I mean, that sounds kind of cliche, but it's like, there's lies, there's lies. There's all these things that you believe is truth, you know, that come and get to keep us hidden away, locked away in this isolated, like we build up these walls to protect, but then those walls end up, you know, actually being a prison. And yeah. so I, I think um, it's just like the humility and recognizing like just being honest and being like, no, like this, like, this is actually good. This doesn't feel good. I feel exposed. I feel like open to rejection. And that's the other thing. Lots of times it's like we, we can, because of stuff that happens, we can take what is actually correction and love. It's actually love. And we can see it we, we, and lie to us and see it as rejection. Like this is, this is rejection, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's love. It's an invitation yeah. to, to, you know, what you would say to come up higher. Yeah. And so I think um, it, it just, it takes honesty um, and vulnerability and, and just like, kind of like, I think it also takes, like, you have to stand. Like, I remember like for a while, I mean, I think there's some things now, if I was to go back and look, like that in the beginning that I had a fight against all like every day, like thoughts. And now I don't have to, like, I don't, mm -hmm. it's, but in the beginning it was, I had to be like, no, or like those, those invitations to go back into hiding, you know, or like, cause it is, it's exposure when you're like learning to trust again and learning to step in those new, new, you know, new freedom and new ways. Like it, it is that you feel exposed and, yeah. but it's like knowing like this exposure is actually freedom. Like yeah. I'm, this is, and so yeah, I would just say also like it does, it does take the standing and just having to constantly like, you know, 
like in baseball terms, it's like when those, they come at you, you know, the enemy or those, those things that you believed as truth over and over and over again. Like you just have to like hit them away constantly and just keep hitting them away and hitting them away. And then eventually it's not like it stops. It just comes at you in a different way, but then it's, it's actually good. That's a good thing that now he has to use a different tactic because you've already beat him at this one. He right. has to now try his curveball or whatever, you know? Right. So I just think it's actually like warfare. It's, it's encouraging when he has to, when it shifts and it's something else. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. You know, because you can't do that anymore. Right. I've outgrown that. Like I've beat you at your game. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that does answer my question. That's so good. And, and I think that that oftentimes we are, um, comforted by those laws, lies and, um, and we use them as a security blanket because it's what's familiar to us and when, and freedom, you know, it's scary. I've, I've said that freedom is probably the scariest thing we will ever pursue because it's outside of the context of the lies that have comforted us for so long. Yep. And, and this is why we stay so stuck is because we, we don't actually enjoy freedom like we should. And because we've been insulated by the lies our whole life. And so when the familiar is gone and it's just freedom, what are we yep. to do? Yeah. And also like when those, we can step in a victim mentality and then like in pity and, you know, those little things, it can actually be a comfort to us. Like, Oh, yeah. you know, like, Oh, and, and it's like, no, that's actually not, that's just getting us to continually circle around this mountain over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, it does. Um, yeah. It takes stepping out and, and, and the freedom is scary. Cause then it's like, Oh, it's on me now. I can't blame, you know, I actually have to take responsibility. Yeah. If I'm walking in freedom, there's a greater level for responsibility. And I think that's the biggest thing. We don't want that. People don't want the responsibility. They want to just, they don't want that. So yeah, freedom is scary, but it's worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. Wow. This has been so, so fun. So good. So rich. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Um, Good morning, Anne-Marie. Thanks for jumping in. And I cannot wait to see your face. <laughs> I am so jealous that you get to see her face. It, it's so wild because I'm like seeing pictures of people outside of, of little boxes and I'm like, Oh, she's tall. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it could be a little jolting to see people in, in the flesh and be like, Oh, <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Yes, That's I, I am so excited to, um, to, to be able to go to Canada. I am leaving on Monday morning. I fly out at 6.05 a.m. our time. So please, please, please cover me. In some and, and I will be gone for a, a week. This is not normal for Angie. Angie does not travel. Nope. <laughs> but it will be good it will be good to go to Canada and speaking of you will not see me on here next Friday but you will see Lisa Lisa will be driving solo next Friday on life up here and we're all just super excited about it not sure what she'll talk about, but it will be amazing. So tune in next Friday at 8 a.m. with Lisa. I'm missing. 
meeting of the saints in Canada. Have a great time. Yes, Chris, 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 Chris. I don't know, buddy. I'm planning on seeing you in July. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are saying goodbye for now and um, we'll be live on Sunday morning. So catch us there around 11. Talk to you later.